When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. How much time till we're on? We're on, Ron. What? We're on the air right now. I'm ready. Good evening. I'm Ron Burgundy. Here's what's going on in your world tonight. Epic has arrived. The Kia EV9, a groundbreaking all-electric large SUV. Captivating appearance with state-of-the-art design. World Gym Australia, train for the sport you play. Building the next generation of legends. This is Sports Day. So here we are, Thursday night edition of Sports Day. Another day of wasted cricket at the SCG. Hello and welcome to Sports Day. Jason Matthews in the chair tonight for the next two hours. Hello to our listeners across the Super Radio Network, SCN uh, 1170 in Sydney, SCNQ in Brizzy, uh, SCN track stations in New South Wales and Queensland, those listening on SCN Fanatic and the SCN app and SCNZ in New Zealand. The show is nothing without you. And boy, we've got a few things to get through tonight. Text us 0457 736 736. Tell us what you want to chat about, where you're from, what your name is, and uh, we'll get your stuff on the air. I promise, well, if I can put it on the air, of course, if it's safe to be on the air. Double eight double three New Zealand if you want to text through or call 1300 01 1170. That is our number. You can follow us on the socials as well. TikTok Sports Day SCN, Instagram SCNQ and X, Sports Day NSW. Thanks to our partners, Kia World Gym and Nutrient Ag Solutions, going further for Australian farmers. Big show, as I said. SCN cricket commentator uh, Adam Collins will be joining us. He's been at the SCG today. And, boy, have I got a, I've got a ton of questions to ask Collar. In fact, can I just throw them out now? Because maybe you can... You can get involved in this as well because you might be able to help me. Um, play was abandoned uh, this afternoon. The Aussies are two for 116, chasing 313 Pakistan's first innings. Um, I'm just going to put it out there. And I, I, I don't know. I don't think I have the answer. Maybe I do. But do we have to move the Sydney test? There's rain that happens every year. It's a wet period. Of the, they've lost 25 days of play. Sure, there's been 110 tests, but it's the most lost in a test match. And, and I know why it's held in New Year's, because people do come from regional areas and go to the SCG. And, and don't get me wrong, I, I love I love cricket at the SCG. I grew up going there as well. You know, the old days seeing Lance Cairns and Richard Hadley and all of them in their, in their pyjamas playing one-day cricket. It's amazing, absolutely phenomenal with the old hill. But is it time to move the New Year's test? Does it go to another venue? Does Sydney maybe host a pre-Boxing Day test, like a pre-Christmas test? What is the answer? Because I, I tell you what, every year we're getting sick of losing play and the joy of watching cricket because of the damn rain. And, and think of the spectators who, who fork out their hard-earned cash and go along. Um, I don't know. What are your thoughts? 0457 736 
736 is our text. Double eight double three in New Zealand or one three hundred oh one eleven seventy. I think we've got to be open minded about it at least for the greater good of the the paying spectator, the viewer, the broadcasters, everybody in in involved in cricket needs to I think needs to have a look at this. I, I don't think we can just continue going along with wet New Year's tests in Sydney. Play was stopped at about, I think it was 3.55 this afternoon. And um, before that, this is mind-boggling. Before that, the plays went off for bad light. Now, you, you've got the lights on at the SCG. Um, and if the red ball's not good enough, change it over. I mean, I, I know Michael Vaughan's been carrying on about it a lot this afternoon. Maybe we use a pink ball, but there's got to be a solution. We can't just go off the field and go, oh, the light's not great. So we're going to go off now and everyone's just going to sit around here twiddling their thumbs. Yes, I know it rains later on and it came down and play was abandoned. But, you know, we lost a good 45 minutes of play today because, oh, the light's not quite good. Toughen up, cricketers. you got these massive white side screens where you can see the ball. You've got the lights on. And if you don't want to play with a red ball because it's a – a little bit too dark for you, then let's change the cut. Let's change the ball. I know it sounds stupid, but why don't we change it to a white ball or a pink ball at that time? Isn't the idea to keep play going in a, in an era where Test cricket it, it seems to be dying around the globe? I love it. I know our listeners love Test cricket. I know a lot of Aussies do. I was around at a mate's place on Boxing Day, and all his all his sons and his mates who are all in their late teens, early 20s, they're all sitting around watching the test cricket. So they love it. But they're, they're in an environment where there's so much more stuff we can do and people's patience is less and less. We've got to keep the entertainment going. I, I, I don't know. What are your thoughts? 0457 736 736. I could not believe it. And yesterday, yesterday we bowled 48.1 overs or 49 overs. I think it was 48.1 in a whole day's play. Why didn't we start earlier today? Like, I could not believe we did not start that match earlier today. We went an extra half an hour uh, yesterday. I forget how many overs it was. No, it was more than that. It was about 78 overs, sorry. But we had about 78 overs. So we, we were dudded about 12 overs yesterday. Why didn't we make up those overs by starting early today? Why didn't we start a half hour earlier? I I just is there no respect for the fan? I just don't get it. I just don't get it. Anyway, some questions for for Colo about that uh, later on when he joins us uh, very shortly on Sports Day. Um, what else is coming up? Oh, did you see the uh, commentary last night in India? How good was that? What about that game? Uh, this is the opposite. This is a pitch that. Oh my God! I don't know who's prepared this pitch, but. Um, South Africa rolled for 50-odd in the first innings and then uh, India went cheaply in the second. They made 100 and something. But they lost six. I think it made 153. They, they lost six for none. They lost their last six wickets for none. And this was Ravi. This is the commentary of the year. If there's an award for cricket commentary of the year, this is it. My goodness. Yes, 153 for four. 153 all out. If someone went round the corner for a dump and has come back, <laughs> India have been bowled out for 153. 
or a drink or whatever they'd gone for if they turned away from the game for a little bit. I <laughs> I initially thought he said anyone went away for a duck, like, you know, you know, like to eat. I thought, oh, that's a bit unusual. Then I listened to it again. I went, wow, a dump. Nice work, Ravi Shastri. You get the Commentator of the Year award. It's all, it's all yours. Let's see if Colo come up with something like that today when we have a chat to him. Um, also on the show tonight, host of SEN's First Serve and Channel 9 Tennis host Brett Phillips will join us. What about Alex Demonor last night beating um, the Joker in Perth? That was an amazing victory for him. First time he's ever beaten Djokovic. And an amazing result, although there are some stories around now, and I hope this is not the reason he won, but, I mean, you take a victory anyway, you get it, I suppose, as long as it's fair. But um, Djokovic may be carrying a, a forearm or wrist injury. And according to Nick Kyrgios, it's because of the balls. I thought they all hit the same balls, but I don't know. We'll talk, to, we'll talk balls with Brett Phillips uh, coming up uh, real soon. Uh, we're also doing this tonight. Come on, that's ridiculous. What about, what about 13-year-old American Willis Gibson becoming the first ever person to conquer the iconic game Tetris? Now, I don't remember Tetris, but well, I never played Tetris because I wasn't smart enough. But uh, Daddy Vass, our producer, advised, that's where you, is that where you built the blocks, Daddy? So you built the blocks. I mean, I was more a Pac-Man or... What's the one we had to cross the road without getting run over? Frogger. That was the other one I was in for. But, but, well done to this kid. He's finally cracked it. Tetris. How many nights has he spent in his bedroom trying to work that out? Well done. 13-year-old uh, Willis Gibson. Uh, what was your favourite video game growing up? Hands down, uh, was it Galali Galalica or... Galatica? I forget what it was called, but we used to play that at the fish and chip shop all day. That's where you had to shoot the ships and you'd get a bigger ship before they actually fell on top of you and they dropped bombs on you. What was your favourite video game growing up? 0457 736 736. Which one did you spend hours at the fish and chip shop playing? Trying to work out how to put your 20 cent coin in and try and get it back out again so you didn't go through all, all your cash. Uh, text from 328. Hi, mate. Was at the game today. Was a great atmosphere, but people were filthy when they decided to walk off because of the light. Thanks, 328. Well, it's good to hear from someone who was there. I don't get it. I just, I was watching it at home going, are you, si I, was, I was doing these ones. Are you serious? They're walking off and I'm going, why? They've got the lights on. In fact, I was talking to some work colleagues at the time. I was meant to be on a conference call working, but I was watching the cricket. And I said, well, why don't they just turn the lights on? They go, they have. I go, well, why are they leaving then? Why are they leaving the field? Are our cricketers too soft? Like, seriously. Give it another one. Are you serious? Like, it wasn't that bad, was it? There was an extra 45 minutes play today we could have gotten through. And why didn't Pakistan decide to keep the spinners on? Wasn't that the reason they went off? Because he was going to bring on a like an express fast bowler bowling at 124 k's an hour. They're not, they're not that fast. It's not as if Cummins or Brett Lee or someone like that's bowling. Galaga, that's the name of the game. Thanks, Steve. It's called Galaga. Woogs your flog. Thank you. 
Hi, guys. I do think that the SCG test should be changed to Western Australia and given the SCG the test that was played in WA. No-brainer. Imagine the money that would be made if that happened should be taken into account. That's from Brizzy Brian. Thanks, Brian, for that. I mean, Brian, what do you think about the Gabba getting the last test of the year and a pink test when everyone's back at work and school? I think it's got to be seriously considered whether we continue with the Sydney test in the new year. Again, I love the Sydney test. I don't know what the answer is. And I don't want to, I don't, I don't want to upset our Sydney listeners, but what do we do? Like, to me, maybe it's logical that we have the Sydney test before Christmas. Hey, does Sydney have a crack at the Boxing Day test? But now I'm going to upset Melbourne listeners. But what's the answer? 0457 736 736 or 8833. Were you at the cricket today? And were you bemused when the players walked off in the middle of the afternoon? Not at 6.30 at night. In the middle of the Arvo for bad light. When the lights are on. I mean, how bad was it? Was it, was it dark? If you were there, let us know. Maybe I've got it completely wrong. 0457 736 736. Other sporting news today. The Panthers are unhappy with the Tigers for photoshopping a photo of Jerome Luai in Tigers colours when he still um, contracted the Panthers this year. Yeah, I saw that. It came through on the email as a media release. In fact, no, I think it went to all the members maybe as well. And there was Jerome Luai photoshopped in the West Tigers jumper. And I thought, oh, that's a bit cheeky at the time. That's a bit cheeky. I don't know whether they should be doing that because he's still the property of, of, of the Panthers. But, yeah, they're not happy about it. Is that, a bit, is that a bit wrong to be doing that or do you reckon it's fair game? We've got him. We've got the signature. We can start promoting him. 0457 736 736. I, I bet you... I bet your West Tigers supporters don't care. That'd be what the Panthers are thinking. Hey, I like this today. Andrew Abdo has said the NRL will not introduce forward pass technology, saying that we must respect the flow of the game. I don't think we're introducing anything soon. What are your thoughts on this as well? 0457 736 736. Uh, New Zealand listeners, what do you think? Double eight double three, or you can call 1300 01 1170. I reckon this is great. I don't think we need any more stoppages in the game. We have enough already. Way too many stoppages in the game. I mean, how many times have you sat there with the video review on a try and it takes two minutes longer than it needs to? You, you're sitting at home watching on the telly going, oh, yeah, that's a try or that's not a try, but they've got to have another three or four looks at it. There are too many stoppages in the game. The idea was we're going to speed the game up, you know, you know six again and all that sort of stuff. And we've actually made it slower by all of the reviews that are happening already. And I just feel that if we had forward pass technology, it's just going to add and slow the game down. I think that's great. There are going to be mistakes. And by the end of the year, you hope that it ebbs and flows and you win some and, and you lose some. Brewster Muzz on the text. Woogie and Baz, that's Daddy Vass. Uh, I got around the corner when Glenn... I got around the corner when Glenn is on. And on Tuesday, I came back. And he was still on. What's doing you, Pear? <laughs> Is that your version of Ravi Shastri's uh, commentary? Danger, I agree. It's getting so bad. I'd love to see a test match out of five days. You might see two and a half days. Bloody ridiculous. Yeah. And this is in an age where people are playing less and less test cricket. Australia's only playing in this calendar year 
I think I said yesterday, it's eight tests. Well, I haven't seen the calendar yet for the Indian tour yet, but I'm assuming three tests before Christmas. Eight tests in a calendar year. Come on, let's get it fixed. This should not be going off for bad light. Uh, what else is there? Uh, oh, darts. Did you see that this morning? Luke Little's dreams. Was it Luke Nuke or Nuke Luke? <laughs> he lost. He lost the final to Luke Humphreys. He was up 4-2 um, at one stage. Um, but he ended up uh, losing in the 11th set. Um, 16 years of age. My God, I'd never seen what he looked like. He did not look like a 16-year-old kid. Good story, though. But what I love about all of this, and you know I love my food. The best thing was every time he won, he'd go out and have a donut kebab or donut kebab after each win. How good was that? Did you have a food that every time you won, you'd get your parents to take you to go and get like something afterwards? I, not really for me. Every now and then Mac is like every kid. But when we're adults, I never had a tradition. We just had a beer in the change room. That was about it. Anything for you? 0457 736 736. Uh, for Daddy, he used to have a bucket of chips with a Powerade. Are you serious? Is that it? A Powerade, yuck. Rather a beer. Drink responsibly. This is Sports Day. Uh, great to have you on board. Thanks to Kia World Gym and Nutrient Ag Solutions. When we come back, we're going to cross to SEN cricket commentator Adam Collins who's at the SCG. We'll talk about all the issues from today and some of the good stuff that happened. Epic has arrived. The Kia EV9, a groundbreaking all-electric large SUV. Captivating appearance with state-of-the-art design. World Gym Australia. Train for the sport you play. Building the next generation of legends. This is Sports Day. We'll be back in a moment. Epic has arrived. The Kia EV9, a groundbreaking all-electric large SUV. Captivating appearance with state-of-the-art design. World Gym Australia. Train for the sport you play. Building the next generation of legends. This is Sports Day. Oh, caught it. Slip. Yes. Salman gets Warner again. With his second ball into the attack, Warner was squared up. And just when it looked like Warner was building into a little bit of rhythm, he pulls his glove off. And the crowd's deflated with Warner walking off. There will be no century in his final test match. Not in the first innings, at least. Uh, there we have Adam Collins calling for SEN Cricket today. Uh, Warner losing uh, his wickets uh, fairly early on in the day. The Aussies are two for 116 when play was abandoned late this afternoon. Thanks to Tui's. I feel like a Tui's or two drink responsibly. Adam Collins, the man himself, is joining us now on Sports Day. Colo, good call today, mate. But I, I tell you, the, the, the thing that a lot of the listeners are getting into tonight on Sports Day, and, and I had me scratching my head as well, this bad light call today, 45 minutes before the rain came, was, mm. mate, mate what, what did it look like at the SCG? It, it didn't look that bad. Well, look, it did feel dark, but at half past two, it never feels that dark, if you know what I mean. Like, Correct. It's not the kind of day. At 5, 5.30, I do a lot of cricket in England, and, and bad light's often a factor. And there's a certain feel when it gets that deep into the afternoon where even if it's a 50-50 call, you can kind of get it. But today at half two, it didn't feel right. The vibe wasn't kind of there to take them off a bad light. So the fact that they went to the early afternoon tea, which made sense in the circumstances, then rain hits about five minutes after what would have otherwise been the resumption. 
that's the frustration. In all probability, we were robbed of about 30 to 40 minutes of cricket due to the rain, because the rain would have washed it out anyway. But I get it. I understand it entirely. And it's an ongoing conversation, bad light in test cricket. And it's one that's going to continue ticking over because I think that now we've got pink ball test cricket, day-night test cricket, where the floodlights, like they've done the work on this, right? They've worked out how to continue in mm. poor light because obviously the light deteriorates as it gets darker and that's a pink ball. Something I've been talking about for a number of years now, and I know Michael Vaughan was talking about it on telly today. It's something he and I have spoken about before in another program that we made in the past is that is there latitude, is there scope to bring in a pink ball of the same age as the red ball that you take onto the field at the point where bad light and the light meter is telling the umpires to go off. Is there some creative solution here that involves the pink ball for the period of time that otherwise would be lost? It's not perfect. It's without a doubt an imperfect solution, but is imperfect better than what we had today? I think it's something that we should at least consider as we work forward because I totally get at a time where test cricket feels more and more on trial, I wish mm. it wasn't, but it feels that way, uh, we, we have moments like this which uh, suck up so much energy, energy and attention and away from the stuff that we want to be talking about and there might be a way to make it more avoidable in the future. Yeah, we've got to start thinking outside the box and I could yeah. not disagree with anything guys were talking about today and, and also, Vaughan, that you know we've got to try different things because there are people paying bloody good money to be at the SCG mm. today to watch this test and it is an important test with David Warner's last last appearance and I just think to go off for that was absolutely ridiculous the other one I wanted to throw at you we only got through 78 overs yesterday why didn't we start early today (laughs) great point perennial drama with overreach right and this was put to Nick Hockley on our broadcast this morning by Jared Waitley the chief executive of Cricket Australia and his perspective is that well it was still a fairly eventful day's test cricket so everyone feel like they got their fill and look that's true I didn't feel like I missed anything only seeing 78 overs of cricket yesterday. It was a busy day, but that's kind of not the point. No. The, the playing conditions stipulate that you play 90 overs in the day, and there is loads of latitude given to the fielding team. I can't tell you how much latitude the match referee and the fourth official and the umpires working in concert give to a fielding team. They get given concessions every time there's a wicket, a DRS decision, someone changing their gloves, impromptu drinks breaks. All of those little allowances are built in to what you eventually see on the scoreboard as the number of overs that the side's behind. So I think yesterday, Australia were behind by you know two or three overs. It should have been a lot worse, but nevertheless, that, that even with all of that built in and the extra half an hour of play, which has become just folded into the playing hours these days, we yes. never play six. We always play a minimum, well, the, the full allotment, which is six and a half hours longer when there's a rain delay. Um, and they still don't get anywhere near it. My view for a while now has been the only way to have a price signal little change behaviour it has to be an in-play penalty. Fines don't work because the players don't pay them anyway. That's pretty clear. Uh, the ECB uh, rang the bell on this or belled the cat rather on this last year when we were in England. They, they basically said, we pay the fines for the players. So that, that's, that's not a real thing. That's, that's pretend. Um, World Test Championship points do play a role. We, we've seen that Australia missed the World Test Championship final in 2021 because of a slow overrate. Uh, in the second innings at the MCG and the Test, they were losing anyway. They played a, they played a harsh harsh price for getting their, their sums wrong that day. But it hasn't changed the behaviour of players to the extent to which it's changed what we're seeing week to week. Last year in England, there were significant penalties handed out to England and Australia during the Ashes for completely taking the mick. Usman Khawaja sent a message to a senior member of the ICC uh, yeah. who basically changed the rules immediately because 
good on Usman for taking advantage of the fact that he's an, uh, an influential, intelligent member of the senior cricketing uh, community. That he was able to get that put through. But here's the rub. So long as Australia bowled out Pakistan inside 80 overs yesterday, they are not subject to any, any penalties. That's the new yeah. rule. So you can be 10 overs behind. As long as you bowl them out inside 80 overs, there's no World Test Championship point deduction. So, yeah, to get back to where I started in all of this, I feel like it's got to be an in-play penalty, something involving penalty runs. And like I said at the top, that won't feel perfect. That will feel a little bit ugly at times. But give me something that's a little bit ugly that deals with the problem rather than letting the problem get worse with every passing year. Yeah, I agree. I, I think for, I don't know, every two overs or whatever it is, five runs or ten runs should be deducted. Um, yeah. And, yeah, and, 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 and there are penalty runs. And we do have this, right? We've got penalty runs for fake fielding. We've got, which got brought in in 2017. You don't see it, but it is there. There's penalty runs when a ball hits the helmet. This is something that we see in our game rarely, but from time to time. So, yeah, acknowledging that the fourth, ref, the fourth official, the match referee and the umpires always keep note of where time's being lost and why time's being lost. I think there can be a reconciliation at the end of each innings, which does involve some kind of run penalty. It'll take a while to get right, but hard things always do take time. And this is worth addressing. It was Warner's day today. Uh, he gave a chance again, and I thought, oh, here we go again, Pakistan. They wouldn't be able to catch a cold in the slips, but they managed uh, to, to nab him on 34 off 68 balls. He looked he looked okay. He wasn't as fluent as he normally is. Do, do you feel the day, even though the Aussies are two for 116, do you believe the day belonged to Pakistan? Yeah, I, I sort of do. I, I was just doing a, an end of play thing then, and that, that's, well, they're 197 behind Australia, and... Uh, Look, these were relatively tough conditions today. It was sluggish pitch, hard to get a start on, hard to be fluent on. And just when Warner built a little bit of rhythm, uh, it was a small sample size, but against the spinner, Saju Khan, and then as he started against Salman, coming down the track to him, meeting the ball on the half volley, that's when you know Warner's playing spin well. But the next ball uh, was the ball that spun the most in the test match so far to the naked eye. It, It went almost through the turf, extra bounce as well. Beautiful piece of bowling from Salman to to get Warner. So fair play there to the Pakistani. And for once, they did take a catch in the court. Barbara's arm uh, to his left. And yeah, Warner was put down on 20 uh, by Saib on, on, on the, on the boost, Ayub, uh, who uh, was only in first slip because Salman was off the feet. And that was the over. They did the rejig of the And it was, dare I say it, very Pakistan uh, in the series we've seen so far for sending the young bloke into first slip for one over. And that happens to be the over uh, where David Warner gives the catch. It's straightforward one. It's put down and it, it sucks the energy out of the Pakistani side. And poor old Amir Jamal, who's created quite a few of those chances that have been put down during the series. I know he's been a star for them over here and certainly enhanced his reputation across three test matches. Well, he should have had Warner for 20 today. What was the reaction to David Warner walking on and walking off from the crowd? I think walking on yesterday was pretty cool. Like, you know, home crowd, 35,000 people. I reckon all of them stuck around to just see if Warner was going to bat, even if it was a bit later in the day than what anyone anticipated when... Pakistan were, were nine down early in the final session. Today, when he walked off, I think it was mostly just disappointment. Like, yeah, acknowledging that he'll almost certainly bat a second time in the test match. So this wasn't him leaving the field for the last time. So it didn't have that kind of extra layer of emotion. But yeah, I think for a lot of the spectators who, uh, I think it was 25,000 in today, probably 24,500 of them were hoping to see David Warner do something special. And they were yeah, deprived of that through a yeah, nice piece of bowling from Salman not long before lunch.
Yeah, fantastic. It was very good bowling. Hey, um, before before I let you go, there's a couple of things I want to mention to you. First of all, how good was this commentary from Ravi, Ravi Shastri? My goodness. Yes, 153 for four, 153 all out. If someone went round the corner for a dump and has come back, India have been bowled out for 153. Or a drink, or whatever they'd gone for. If they turned away from the game for a little bit. Ikola, have you ever used those words to describe someone who's just gone away from the TV for a half an hour? It was very, it's very rappy. We have a bit to do with Ravi Shastri on SEN. He's been part of our commentary team yeah. a fair bit in the last few years, and love Ravi. And that's very him. That's the first <laughs> thing to say. Well recovered from Pommy and Bangla, who said, "Or just flip out for a drink," which is fair enough. No, that, that's not the sort of formulation of words I would use. But um, one thing that with Ravi uh, is that um, you you, uh, you always know what he thinks. Uh, he is strident in his views. He expresses them forcefully. He is a thoughtful man as well. I think that gets lost a little bit with Shastri sometimes, that people think Absolutely. he's larger than life character. But he's, um, he's shrewd. He's very intelligent. And uh, I suspect probably a little bit tongue-in-cheek. He probably knew that was going to go around the world. And I uh, just wanted to accentuate the point that six for none has <laughs> never happened in Test cricket history. 2,500 Test matches, that has never happened. Uh, and to and India. As a side, it, well, and South Africa on the other side of it, yeah. um, they are 61 for two overnight or whatever it is. They've already overtaken their first innings tally on day one in their <laughs> second innings. That's also never happened. They've been playing test cricket since 1877. It's very rare that we see things that have never happened. Well, two in the same day in a bizarre day of test cricket at New Orleans. Yeah. Hey, look, before I let you go, I was listening this afternoon and uh, can I say well done on a wonderful interview with John Dyson this afternoon. He's one of my favourite cricketers <laughs> of all time. Um, just to hear that man talk, and, I mean, we, we can never forget that uh, that catch he took, you know, with the one hand mm. going backwards. What a great cricketer, and what an honour for him to be inducted into the New South Wales Cricketing Hall of Fame, along with Mike Whitney. I'm pretty sure they put it up as a podcast on the SEN feed. I hope they have, because... Um, they were in fabulous form, both John Dyson talking about the glory days of the Shield finals and Mike Whitney, who's such a great storyteller as well. And, yeah, 51st and 52nd inductee to that fabulous Hall of Fame they have uh, at the SCG. And, yeah, Dyson's a, a really interesting character on the basis that his career started during World Series cricket. He got his first opportunity for Australia. Did some really important things for the Aussies in the early 80s. Lost his spot eventually, went to South Africa, which in itself was quite controversial for all the yep. reasons I'm sure your listeners know. Then went on to become an administrator. He was coaching international teams as recently as, I reckon, the last 10 years. He was coaching the Windy, something like that. Involved in the Big Bash, given so much to Australian cricket and New South Wales cricket. So, yeah, that was a, a, wonderful, uh, a wonderful treat. I know rain delays aren't ideal, but what it does occasionally allow you to do is drift into the history of the game and you know, had a great time doing that today with with John and with Mike Whitney. And, um, yeah, they were so proud. They were both wearing their New South Wales Blazers from the 1980s yeah. in those Shield finals. They played in together. And, yeah, that's um, that's a special thing about this time of year where you're in Sydney and you can celebrate champions of yesteryear. Oh, and it was just so wonderful hearing about the names that used to play Shield cricket. Incredible. And mm. and, and they did beat, for those who... Go and have a listen to it on SEN Cricket, but they did beat uh, Western Australia at the Wacker. And, and WA never lost. New South Wales had never won at the Wacker until that final. And they got the news that morning. There was a bloke called Dennis Lilly out for Western Australia. And they were, they were very disappointed, weren't they, Colo? 
Yeah, and, and look, I, I didn't get to go into the card in the great detail, but Wits took four for nothing in the first innings. You know, four for 50 or something Fantastic. like that and set it up. Dyson made a half century in the first innings and, and Mike took the catch, the last wicket of a really tight Shield final. Yeah, back when they were on television, right? They were major yeah. events. And I know they are to an extent still televised, but back when they were, you know, they were on Channel 9, weren't they back in the, yep. in the early days when those, those, those Shield finals between New South Wales and Queensland, which were instant classics and so on. So, yeah, they, they really did play in an era where Shield cricket meant, I don't want to say it doesn't mean as much anymore. It clearly does to those who are playing it, but it probably captured the imagination more than it does now for whatever reason. And they were front and centre of that era. Yeah, they were. All right, mate, I'll let you go. I know you've had a big day uh, talking and calling cricket and filling in rain delays and bad light delays. Let's hope <laughs> we get some play away tomorrow. The forecast is for about 40% rain, so better than today. Uh, early start for you tomorrow morning. You're on the air from 9 o'clock Australian Eastern Standard Time or 10 o'clock, I think, play starts tomorrow. SEN Cricket, make yep. sure you download the SEN app and you can hear ball-by-ball coverage with yourself. Jared Waitley. How good's Gavin Robinson going, just quietly? Uh, also, Damien Fleming and, and Caddo as well. Good core team. Yeah, we're thrilled with what we're putting to air. We're proud of it and uh, great to have as many people with us as we have through the summer. You're right, play starts at 10am. A possibility of 98 overs, theoretical as it is. Yeah. Uh, and they'll, uh, yes, hopefully make up some lost time from today. No rain, please. Yeah, Adam Collins, go well, mate. Thanks for your time on Sports Day. An absolute pleasure. See you later. There he goes. Adam Collins, one of the best in the business. Uh, make sure you listen tomorrow. 9 o'clock Australian Eastern Standard Time. 10 o'clock Daylight Savings Time. SEN Cricket. Right across the SEN Network or by downloading the SEN app. That's our cricket update. Thanks to Tui's. I feel like a Tui's or two. Drink responsibly. More of Sports Day on the way next. BP joining us. Epic has arrived. The Kia EV9, a groundbreaking all-electric large SUV. Captivating appearance with state-of-the-art design. World Gym Australia. Train for the sport you play. Building the next generation of legends. This is Sports Day. We'll be back in a moment. Epic has arrived. The Kia EV9, a groundbreaking all-electric large SUV. Captivating appearance with state-of-the-art design. World Gym Australia. Train for the sport you play. Building the next generation of legends. This is Sports Day. Stephen Orr defeats a Titan in a career-best win. The first time he's beaten the world number one. He gets Team Australia off to the best possible start. Yeah, he certainly did. Alex Dimonor last night beating uh, Novak Djokovic in Perth. What a great victory for him. Uh, the number 12 ranked Aussie beating the world's number one. It set Australia up in the United Cup semifinals. And that, as the commentator said there, his first victory over Novak Djokovic in the history. I don't know. We're about to get Brett Phillips on the line any second now. Just, I want to ask BP, is the United Cup a good lead-in and a good form guide going into the Oz Open? We'll have a chat to BP. I think he's on the phone uh, right now. BP, you there, mate? Uh, I am indeed. Good evening, gentlemen. Uh, well, it's just me flying solo, BP. It's uh, Sats is on holidays. Rats, wind's never here anyway, so it's just... Me, little old Jason tonight. Hey, BP, just talking about Righto. that Alex Dimonor victory last night. First time ever over Djokovic. What's what's the United Cup like as a form guide going into the Oz Open? It's a good point, Jace. Uh, you know, look, it's, it's obviously an opportunity 
uh, like the like the Hopman Cup was, like the APT ATP Cup was, now the United Cup. I've, I've confused where we're at, but um, these are good matches for the players to get under their belt. I mean, obviously the men have a, a shorter off season, the women have a, a little bit more extended, but they get to Australia. It's a long haul to get here, and 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 these these players also love playing in a team environment, which they rarely get the opportunity to do now. Is it a great form guide for the Australian Open? You know, it, it, it's not really. It's a bit like a bit like pre-season competitions in right. footy or rugby league, where you never get the total indication of a team until they really hit, you know, the big time. But I mean, these players are taking it seriously. They're competitors. They don't like to lose. Uh, that's built into them. Um, but yeah, Alex Timonor beating Novak Djokovic last night. Look, it's great for Alex, and I, I genuinely say to you, he is on the upward curve. And there's many doubters. Many have doubted that he could be a top 10 player. But I've been so bullish about this kid for a while because all the focus has been on Nick Kyrgios and not enough credit given to this young man who has been our leading Australian male now for a good, you know, two or three years. And he's bound for the top 10 in 2024. And he brings a game style that is just irritating to play. If you can continue to build, you know, his assets and beef up the serve a little bit more, then... You know, he's going to get even better. But was Djokovic going at absolute full tilt last night? Had a little issue with his wrist. What is he's the got ga- bigger fish he- to fry come the Australian Open? Sorry, BP, I just want to get into that. Is that because, uh, as Nick Kyrgios says, the, it's the inconsistency with the balls on the ATP tour? Don't, don't the players all play with the same balls? Well, no, they do change. They do change from tournament to tournament. This is but everyone uses the same playing. balls, right, in the same tournaments. Why doesn't everyone have wrist issues? Yeah. Well, that yeah, yeah. Well, isn't it funny how chummy those two have become? <laughs> yes. Djokovic and and Kyrgios, since they uh, they've got this brotherly love now since they played that Wimbledon final uh, last year. You read into that what you will. I mean, you know, Djokovic has been polarising, Kyrgios is polarising, put them together, and they're even more polarising. So, uh, yeah, but look, it is, a, it is a topic of discussion the the tennis balls because each tournament has their own different brand, whether it's Schlesinger, Dunlop, whatever it is. Um, the players are commenting that they'd like more consistency across tournaments, but that's just, uh, it's one of many issues in tennis on the whiteboard, uh, Jason, that uh, need to be looked at. Oh, look, they're whinging more than cricketers. When the sun disappears in a cricket match, we better go off the field at half past two in the afternoon. Hey, great to see Rafa back at the Brisbane International. Great crowds. It's a great tournament. Mm. And tonight he's in action against an Aussie. He is. Yeah, look, it is a great, a great tournament, and uh, you know, up in uh, your neck of the woods, and you know, the crowds have been terrific. Some nice sunshine the last couple of days, and yeah, I mean, Rafa, we get another look at him tonight. Looked very good against Dominic Team, but what an opportunity for Jason Kubler, who didn't play a lot towards the back end of the year. So his ranking dipped outside the top 100, but he's at home. He spends a lot of time at the Queensland Tennis Centre, and. Let's see if he can take it up to um, you know, Nadal. But, you know, good news today. Rinky Hitchikata, great win. He's bound for the top 50 this year through to the quarters. Jordan Thompson had to walk over through. James Duckworth is into the quarters. So, yeah, great for the tournament that the Aussies are, um, you know, heading into the last eight. So we'll see if Jason can uh, add to that. You never know. If he yep. takes Rafa on tonight, he's a chance. And BP, we've got to go in a moment, but you you were waxing lyrical about this young lady from the Gold Coast last year, mate. I think she got through to the second round of the Australian Open, Olivia Gadecki. Mm. She's had a very good Brisbane International. I know she lost last night to the world number two, but yep. uh, how do you see her form at the moment? 
So she's in that, what I call, it's a little bit of a graveyard area between 130 and 100 in the world. Players get stuck in there and they can't get out. Now, she's about 119 at the moment. She's one of our future prospects, no doubt. Gold Coaster, you know, um, she's a capable player. In fact, we've now been told she wants her name said Gadetsky because oh, okay. she's got the Polish background. There you go. So we've, we've had to change that on Channel 9 the last couple of days. But <laughs> no, she's a real talent. And, uh, you know, at some point, the girls can take a little longer, some of them to mature. But, you know, she should get into the top 100 at some point. She's a really solid girl out on court. Hits a good ball, Jason. So, yeah, another one. We need some good news out of the women's ranks, to be honest, because we're a little, the cupboard is a little bare uh, with players inside the top 100 right now. Right, yeah. Listen, mate, we might catch up with you next week as we head into the Australian Open with a lot of stuff going on uh, as well. Just run out of time today. BP, I look forward to it, mate. I'm excited. I'm pumped. The Australian Open, yeah. not too far away. Thanks, good. For, thanks for your time, mate. You need to get down here and have a couple of beers and get into some nice marquee, Jason, and just park yourself there. You won't leave. Well, you're the man to talk to, BP. Get me into that uh, SEN one, know, could it? you? Yeah, okay. Well, we'll leave that there. Again. All right, mate. <laughs> Brett Phillips, thanks for your time on Sports Day. Thank you. Thank you. They drink beer in Melbourne? I thought it was just lattes. Yeah, there you go. You learn something every day. Uh, this is Sports Day. Back with more in a moment. Epic has arrived. The Kia EV9, a groundbreaking all-electric large SUV. Captivating appearance with state-of-the-art design. World Gym Australia. Train for the sport you play. Building the next generation of legends. This is Sports Day. We'll be back in a moment. Epic has arrived. The Kia EV9, a groundbreaking all-electric large SUV. Captivating appearance with state-of-the-art design. World Gym Australia. Train for the sport you play. Building the next generation of legends. This is Sports Day. Welcome back to Sports Day. Jason Matthews here uh, tonight. No sats, no rat, which is typical of both of those boys not to be here. Hey, uh, just a quick... um, Run through on the text. Lots coming through. Thanks for those. 0457 736 736. Uh, a lot of SEN stations leaving us. Uh, I know 1170 in Sydney leaving us for the Kings match. Other SEN stations, particularly Brisbane, are leaving us for the Big Bash. If you want to continue listening, you'll find us on the SEN app or on the Super Radio Network. You choose how to uh, listen to us. Rooster Mars, William Baz. I oh, know I've already read that one out. Pat Cummins. He's an awesome cricketer, but maybe he didn't like the lights being on. Burning electricity. That's from Glenn today. Yeah, we're still, everyone's dumbfounded. Absolutely dumbfounded, but I'm going off at 2.30 this afternoon. Tim's saying maybe a roof. It's not a day-nighter, and it was dark. He goes, I'm in Sydney, and it was dark. So that's the other side of that argument uh, this afternoon. Um, Talking about foods you used to have after sports as a kid. It was a Monaco bar. As an adult, winning has been rather slim. When it does come around, I celebrate with a carton. Okay, Victor Bravo. And the replay of the 2015 grand final. Cheers, Canara Cowboy. Yeah, you don't win much when you get older, do you, Canara Cowboy? What did you get treated to after you had a good win? I had a good one. Um, I'll read out just after the break. We are going to go to a break shortly. South fans, including myself, Sats and Rats spoke to South legend David Boyle a couple of months ago. We'll get to that chat shortly. This is Sports Day. 
Epic has arrived. The Kia EV9, a groundbreaking all-electric large SUV. Captivating appearance with state-of-the-art design. World Gym Australia. Train for the sport you play. Building the next generation of legends. This is Sports Day. We'll be back in a moment. The Kia EV9, a groundbreaking all-electric large SUV. Captivating appearance with state-of-the-art design. World Gym Australia. Train for the sport you play. Building the next generation of legends. This is Sports Day. Don't you just love Powderfinger? They are the best Aussie band in my humble opinion. Hey, welcome to the second hour of Sports Day. Hurricanes have won the toss. And they've elected to bat, have they? No, field. <laughs> it's one or the other. Uh, that's happening at Marvel Stadium tonight in Melbourne under the roof. We might see some cricket. Or is it too dark? Do we have to go off because it's too dark? I'm still livid with that. T- I know I'm cranky. But I tell you what, a lot of fans are disappointed by the cricketers going off today at 2.30. Even Adam Collins can't explain it when I spoke to him earlier. You got the lights, got everything going, and people are walking off the field anyway. Welcome to the second hour of Sports Day. 0457 736 736. If you want to send a text, double eight double three if you're in Z uh, or 1300 01 1170. Get us on Instagram if you like, SENQ, TikTok, Sports Day SEN, or X, Sports Day NSW. Thanks to our partners, Kia, Well Gym. And Nutrient Ag Solutions, who are a great partner of ours, going further for Australian farmers. Find your local branch at nutrient.com.au. David Boyle, that chat Sats and Rat had with him uh, soon uh, is coming up. Some BBL news for you. Scorchers were too strong for the strikers in WA last night. They won by 42 runs. That was I was up till midnight last night watching that game. Daddy, you wouldn't have been. Fast asleep. Yeah, good on you. Um, Laurie Evans, what a knock. Um, he made 85 of 28. You're telling me it's the fastest 50 for the Scorchers? Yep. Seven sixes and seven fours. I'm telling you, he absolutely went burko. I think he got his um, 50 off about 18 balls. Something something like that. And yeah. then he just, yeah, he went nuts. He just smashing sixes. Um, He's 36. Is he? Yeah. That's all right. A lot of these uh, big bash players are a bit older. Mm. And that's all they do, just travel the world. Boom. Playing this sort of cricket. I remember, oh, who was it? Bradley Hogg. He was still playing T20 cricket into his 40s. And he'd go off and play tournaments in Zimbabwe and all these all these other places. Pick up, you know, 60 grand US, you know, for about five weeks' work and then go on to another country and, you know, just keep. He was about 43, 44 when he retired. Still going all right. Yeah, he absolutely was. Um, Cameron uh, Smith in the NRL. All right, mate. I'm I'm talking cricket. Um, yeah. I'm just hey, Jay. It's just a thought. Why can't the batters wear head torches? Uh, you know, being an idiot. <laughs> Brisbane Heat beat the Sixers last night on the Duckworth Lewis system uh, by three runs. Uh, interesting. The over they were going into, they were behind, and then tall Paul Walter uh, smacked a couple of fours before the rains came down again for the Heat. Put them in front by three runs. Uh, they were the better team. On the nights, the heats. Sorry, Sydney listeners. Uh, Kuhneman and Walter took two wickets. Josh Brown made 43 of 31. And as I said, the Renegades are hosting the Hurricanes at Marvel Stadium. Hurricanes have won the toss and have uh, elected to field that game starting uh, shortly. And just a heads up to the test, third day of the third test tomorrow. 
uh, will be kicking off a half hour early. I don't know why they didn't kick off a half hour early today. We're going to hear from Nick Hockley, CEO of Cricket Australia soon. He, he caught up with Jared Waitley earlier today and trying to work out why. If you're behind on the over rate, why wouldn't you start a half hour earlier today? I, I just I don't understand it. Some rugby league news. Uh, Shane Flanagan has finally secured a signature other than his own son at the Dragons after Ronald Volkman joins the Red V effective immediately with a one-year deal for 2024. Volkman has only played five games for the Warriors, one for Samoa. I'm imagining that was in the World Cup. It was mm. in 2023. Um, look, you're suggesting, Daddy, that he's going to compete with Carl Flanagan for the number six jersey after Monet was stood down. Mm. Mate... I don't know much about this Volkman, and you know he played well for the Roosters before he transferred to the Warriors. But he didn't play first grade for the Roosters, did he? Oh, a couple of games. Yeah, I'm pretty sure he did. Okay. Uh, he, he's a handy. He's a handy pickup. They need depth in the halves, obviously, with uh, Amon standing down. Uh, but like, they're not premier halves, are they? No, nah, they're going to finish last. I just got this feel they'll be battling for the wooden spoon. I hope there's no Dragons players or fans listening. Well, mate, okay. Well, well, who have they recruited? Let's be honest here. Let's have a – we can just all fluff around and all be rainbows and and what are those horses with wings called? Uh, unicorn? Yeah. Or we can – who, mate. Well, remember Macca said late last year that he reckons they could be a bit of a surprise packet if all their players are fit. Yeah, but I, I don't trust Macca. Mm. Um, the, the thing is <laughs> – He's a good golfer. But the thing is... He doesn't know any Australian songs, Dan. Andrew McCulloch, I know. What a joke. Anyway, can I stay focused on this for a moment? Yeah. Um, Volkman, if he's competing with Carl Flanagan, he should get the jersey. Because Carl Flanagan is not a first grader. I've mm. said this a hundred times. He just is not good at first grade. How many more chances does Carl Flanagan need? And unless something drastic has happened and he's improved in the off-season under his old man, then good on him. I hope he does make it. But I think he's just there making up the numbers and being a bit of depth for the Red V. I don't know. Am I wrong on this? 0457 736 736. I got crucified when I said I didn't think the Broncos would make the top four. Are you serious? And then, and then I, But I even said in my own thing, I got doubts over South making the eight. I think it's going to be a very tight competition in, in 2024. One thing I do know, one change in the eight, I do think... The Raiders won't. They'll struggle this year. Whiten's a massive loss, right? Oh yeah, so, without a doubt. So I think um, I, th- I think they might slip out of the eight. Mm-hmm. Um, on with Sats. I think the cow, uh, not the Cowboys. I think the Gold Coast could be the surprise packet again if they can keep everyone fit. If they lose Tino or Fafita or both for more again, mm. um, you know they're big outs, massive outs. I mean AJ Brimson struggles with injury, massive out. Yeah, I think you've. Uh, I think they've just got to be like, obviously under Desi, things will change dramat- dramatically. But I think Jaden Campbell a whole season at, at fullback. What do you think? Do you reckon he get? Do you reckon he has enough in him? To I'd like to see him play fullback, but I mean, where do you put AJ Brimson? I, I honestly don't I, say fourteen. No, I'd put him in the centres and I'd swap him around. Like give him half an hour, you know. So give give Brimson a floating role. Yeah, and if okay. JC needs a bit of a spell, put him on the wing, put um, AJ back to fullback, just swap him around like that. 
I think I think we're going to see more and more of that. Why is – sorry, can I chat, move on? Yeah. Why has Andrew Abdo been busy today? Isn't he on holidays? Oh, he, did a, he did a bit of a yarn today. Okay, so he said origin – he talked about the, the technology in the ball for forward passes not going to happen. Thank you, Andrew. Thank you. He's also said origin eligibility won't change. So if you're, if you're a New South Welshman like Greg English, you can still play for Queensland. <laughs> Is that right? Victor Adley sparked the debate around oh, origin yeah. eligibility after the Roosters lock chose to represent his English heritage in the previous World Cup. With hopes that the rules may change, Abdo said the debate is around whether a player who from the age of 13 has played football in New South Wales but has some ancestry in another country can represent both. That decision is now one that the commission will make. They can't change this because if they come out and do it and Victor Rudley does go back and play for New South Wales. How good would that be? Play, yeah, everyone would love to see it. But players like Jason Tamalolo would be like, well, I wanted to play for Queensland and you guys never let me. There was a young, uh, the young shark swinger, uh, Ronaldo. Yeah, he got selected for Queensland and then couldn't play because the same rule. He wasn't eligible. Mm. He finished. Yeah, great. Um, <laughs> earlier, well, I'll, actually, we'll do a couple of texts before we go to David Boyle. Video games, because uh, that was it. Tetris, that yep. young kid, thirteen-year-old yeah. in the United States. Yeah. Uh, good evening. Hope you're well. I'm 53 now. I'm when a teenager, I love Galaga. And Bomb Jack. I don't know Bomb Jack. Galaga, I used to, man, I, my entire inheritance went into Galaga at the fish and chip shop. Plus, 80 cents worth of chips with vinegar and salt. Uh, I love them so much. I bought the coin machines from the arcade later at 20. Wow, how cool is that? I still have both machines and they work great still. I also bought Black Knight triple ball ping ball machine. Oh, it still works too. Love the show. Listen to SN all the time, even at work. Corey from Maruya. Thank you, Corey. Pinball Shane was at my um, local fish and chip shop. Yeah, nice. Yeah, loved it. Also, Snake. Don't know it. Snake. Yeah. Nokia. Oh, that? That's crap. That's like that tennis game where you just had the block and the long line <laughs> you hit the tennis ball. You know what? I've got Snake on my kettle. Okay. My, my, you can play Snake on my kettle. Well, that's good. Does it boil water? Yes. And make you a cup of tea? Because yeah. that's its primary <laughs> job. Not so you can play Snake. Hey, team, the Bulldogs did the same thing with Kickout when he signed, put up a photo in the Bulldogs' jersey. Cheers, Walnuts. You know, no respect. Yeah. No that, respect. That was because uh, the, the image, West Tigers sent out an image of uh, Jerome Luai in a West Tigers jersey. Um, great no show, really. lads. 1977 Asteroids. Spent my milk run money on spaces. Had the high score for a day. <laughs> That's from Harlan Shine. In New Zealand. Thank you, Harlem Shine. Most prosperous New Year to you all. I'm with you about the Sydney test. Needs to go to Perth, but on New Year's Day. Have looked at the two that walked off today. More worried about averages than the fan. That's from Southern Rooster. P.S. Nothing changed in South Africa. They're still putting themselves before the fan. Yeah, we talked earlier about how much longer we're going to put up with the, the, the New Year's test at the SCG. Is it time we moved it? Is it time we found a new location for it, and still keep the Sydney test. I love it. I mean, I love watching cricket at the SCG. There's no better no better venue, in my opinion. You've got the history and you've got the new. It's, it's an amazing ground. And it's a, for me, it's a true cricket ground. But this New Year's test is not working. The weather, the washout. Someone said on the text too, well, what about Melbourne? Compare it to Melbourne. It's like, yeah, well, they get their fair share of rain, but we don't talk about that every year because it doesn't seem to affect every single test that 
I think over the last seven years, five have been interrupted by rain. It's a ridiculous stat. So, yeah, I don't know. I think we need to review everything. And that light situation today, going off at 2.30, um, I thought of this. Are you serious? I couldn't believe it, Daddy. <laughs> Could not believe it. Rightio, Sats and the Rat, a couple of weeks or a couple of months ago, caught up with South legend David Boyle. This is how it went. It's time for Sports Days. Where are they now? Nineteen eighty-seven, Game Three, State of Origin, and that man there, David Ball. I've got to say, as a as a fan of the South Sydney Rabbitohs growing up, I just admired this guy along with a lot of his teammates oh. through that eighties and nineties. Rat, he played all of his hundred and sixty-nine games for the mighty Cardinal and Myrtle, the Rabbitohs, four State of Origins in New South Wales, and he was part of one of the most feared Ford packs to ever to play the game. Mm. That man is David Boyle, as you heard. How are you, Boyle? Yeah, doing really well, guys. How's life? So what's happening in the in the world of David Ball now? I hear you're a grandfather. Is that is that correct? I'm a grandfather, yeah, on Tuesdays, so we get to play with the grandkids and uh yeah, it's very enlightening. There's there's something about being a grandfather, isn't it? I, I know that um it's just a it's a different it's a, it's a, the love is there, but it's it's just it's so different when you've got grandkids that you've created this Posse. Yeah, this posse of, of, of a family. And I've, I've got grandkids myself, Boyle, and there's just an amazing feeling came over me when I first met my grandkids. Did you have the same feeling? Oh, absolutely. And it's probably payback for, you know, not getting enough time to our own kids. Yeah. But when you're a grandparent, you just drop everything and just, yeah, just do what they really want you to do. Now, Boyle, let's go, let's go way back before you get graded with the, with the bunnies. Junior club, where'd you grow up? Marilla Gorillas, Calamaris, yep. and Marilla Gorillas down in Group Seven. Yeah, right. Okay. So, so, mate, any any of the players from that you played with as a, as a youngster, did any of them go on and get graded, play top grade? Um, no, no, no. I was a lone ranger, I guess. Yeah, there's a couple from Derringong I played against, Ford uh, and Quinny. Yep. So they were in the same Group Seven team. They played for yeah. For Jerry Gong, but yeah, not not many around the really gorillas. Mate, so I want to ask you about Redfern Oval. I, I was a ball boy at Redfern Oval in the 1980s, and I was terrified to be a ball boy. It must have been a huge advantage uh, for you. Uh, did, did did you did you feel that it was a huge advantage for you guys as a team playing at Redfern? Yeah, it was pretty special, especially when you you know the team we played with. So Craig Bellamy talks about you know, train hard and get lucky work hard and get lucky well I got lucky I was a good worker and um, and played with a great bunch of guys that we're still really close mates with now that's yeah. good now if I said the word Henry to you Boyley what does that mean to the listeners yeah grab a head and hit it <laughs> <laughs> so so who is it true that Dean Rampling part of the, the mad Rampling brothers he came up with the Henry call he did he did and our, our great mentor and mate, Lionel Potter, was the one we called it after. And so mm. what happened? So in, in what good. situation, when you were playing as a, as a team, it, what situation would mean that you'd have to call Henry? Uh, I guess the biggest example was the semi-final against Manly. We were down 14-0 and we had to do something to upset them. So next scrum, I'm calling Henry. 
So that was it. Just grab her head and, and it terrified him. Right. <laughs> so, mate, with the forward pack you had, I mean, yourself, Fennick, uh, Les Davidson, Ellison, Michael Andrews, Rampling, Chisholm, Ian Roberts. Like, I, I would like to know, before, before a game, the forwards get together, what, what are you talking about? <laughs> oh, it was, it was pretty jovial in the dressing shed and, and everybody knew what we had to do. Um, and you, you couldn't afford to let your mates down. We didn't have to worry about the coach bagging you if you didn't have a good game. That, they'd let you know. Mm. Yeah, right. A young Ian Roberts. Um, and, and that's, you know, yeah, yeah. He was you know, just lean and mean and he used to hit the punching bag like there was no tomorrow. Just a just a great guy. I, I had I had the pleasure of, of playing uh, four or five years with Les Davidson at Cronulla, and I've I've never met uh, a more chalk and cheese person to on the field and off the field. When I got to play with him, he was a little bit more, a little older, a little more mature. I don't know when he was playing with you, uh, Boyley, whether he was he was drinking shandies back then, but he only drank shandies. Um, <laughs> But you get him on a football field, the nicest human being on the planet, get him on a football field and he just wants to kill people. He, he, I said, he said to me one day, I, I said to him, what, what, what are you thinking when you're trying to hit them the way you hit them? He goes, I'm just trying to put my head through their chest. And it terrified me and he, and he damaged a lot of us in the process of it. But was he, was he like that as a youngster? Was he, was he the nice guy off the field or, or did, he, did he mature and settle down a little bit? Was he wild when he was younger off the field as well? No, he used to hang around the ramplings and they used to go through the... Um, Centennial Park, you know, through the bushes there and had some fun there. <laughs> Can't talk too much about it, but yeah. But he used to grab a stick and that was me, Bundy. Yeah, um, yeah he's Bundy. And then he, he, he was, yeah, yeah. And he, he was, t- two, two short stories. One was we were playing Cronulla and then we were getting smashed and it was, we were down by 30 points. Two minutes ago, Bundy said, come on, Hook, let's take someone with us. <laughs> <laughs> so he, 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 he never gave up Yeah. and then uh, I left South in 94 and went to the Dragons and started strength and conditioning and then we had two players in Jason Stevens and uh, Gordon Tallis mm. and they were absolutely terrified of Les Davison mm. but the year before I got there he towed them up in a, in a stouch yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, Scary so, human so on the field. So that's how much respect he had. Yeah. Yeah. Now, 1989, Boyley, minor premiers, knocked out in straight sets. Was was that the year, the the one that got away? Yeah, it, it was. It was, Scotty. You know, we, we were going all well. We were pretty busted too. Yeah. You know, like everybody had had a big year and um, and it, it just didn't go our way. And then we got some injuries and, um, yeah, it was, it was definitely the one that got away. Now you look at the you look at the um, some of the footage of, of the man I'm about to mention next, Boyley, Phil Blake. When it comes to being gifted athletes, and you walk you work in the the strength and conditioning industry, was he one of the most gifted athletes overall that you'd seen through your career? Absolutely, he was before his time. He was professional. He used to do a lot of his speed work and all that in the mornings before he come to training. Um, you know because he was. That, that's the way he was. He wanted to practice on his own skills. Yep. Uh, and then, yeah, on the field. And he was very professional. If the forwards weren't going forward, he'd clock off and wait till next week. He wasn't going to make, make – and he realised he wasn't going to win a game if, if we weren't going forward. Mm. Mm-hmm. Smart. Yeah. <laughs> Smart. Yeah. I did a bit of that myself in my in my time, Boyley, I must say. Mate, I want to ask you about Jimmy Sidaris. He was 17 
in 89. He, he forced his way into the side, put, made Mario move to the front row. How, how does, when you've got a young kid like that come in, into an, such an established, you know, strong forward pack, how did that sit with the players? I mean, did, did he have the respect of the players as soon as he got there or did he have to earn his stripes? No, absolutely. No one got in the first grade if they didn't deserve it. And then, you know, it was team first culture. And when they made the decision to put him in there, like everybody was was happy with it because he wasn't going to let the team down. Yeah, mate, mate, I wanted to ask you about Georgie Piggins. He was inducted into the Rugby League Hall of Fame a couple of weeks ago. He was your coach at the Rabbits. Was it long overdue, do you think? I mean, he's done so much for the Bunnies off the field, um, on the field. I mean, he... I mean, without George Piggins, Souths probably aren't in the competition and they don't win the premiership that they won recently. Yeah, he, he, uh, he epitomises um, legend. Like, he's, you know, he's, the way he worked, he's, when he took over the coaching job, he said, listen, any money I'm getting, I've got to give it to the assistant coaches. I don't want any money. And then um, he got Gus Gould there in 86, which was a master stroke because, you know, he was really the coach. George just turned, uh, called what time training was going to be. Mm. And then even after it, he just tried to keep the Leeds club going and going. And he, he led the fight to, to keep us in the comp and then mortgaged his house to, to fight um, uh, Murdoch yeah. and to get us to keep the, the, uh, the club going. So, and it's not only just about, um, you know, South Sydney, it's about rugby league. So, yeah, he's just amazing. He was supported very well with his wife as well, Marlene. Yeah, well, well you know... Um, when... And I was glad... He doesn't remember too much the conditions he's in, but certainly the recognition was was really well-deserved. Yeah, certainly well-deserved. And when you mention, you know, what he did, mm. it, you would, you'd have to say definitely long overdue. Yeah, we didn't see a lot of the stuff that he did. No. Like Boyley just mentioned. No. The, the lengths that he went to. No. Now, Boyley, I've got to ask you. This is something that I remember as a young kid. My old man got this, um, it might have been a, a, a cassette tape a or a record yeah. back in the day. Now, it was, a, it was a, a comedian by the name of Billy Birmingham brought out the 12th man and wide world of sports. And, and I remember vividly just this one line. And, and it was referring to you. It was, it was Big Daryl Eastlake in the, uh, in the commentary box. And he was going, and, and Boyle, Boyle, Boyle tries to squeeze the pus out <laughs> in, in reference. And, and it was a state of origin match, and he was referencing you. And, uh, mate, did, the, did, the, did your teammates give you a hard time when that came out? Because it was bloody funny, I've got to tell you. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, it was just another a laugh. There was a lot of, lot of jokes around the, with the rampings and all that. There was no, there was no ambiguity. It was, <laughs> you know, things in the shower. Um, the guys that were circumcised in the left, the guys that weren't in the right. <laughs> oh, oh, crazy times! Only your wrist watches. <laughs> oh, yeah, crazy! Otherwise, it was yeah. You couldn't you couldn't talk about it now. The joys yeah. of a rugby league dressing room. There was, eh? there was nothing nothing hidden. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Yeah, be, oh, absolutely. Before we let you go, Boyle. Before we let you go, as we said, you've you've always looked after yourself from a fitness point of view. I didn't see a. That long ago, actually, at a, at a South game, you're, you're still staying fit and, and looking after yourself? Yeah, yeah. I, yeah, I rode surf boats and, and went to the George Bass Marathon. and Yeah, I still keep... If I, if I stop moving, I'll, the arthritis will set in and I, I won't be able to move. Mm. Use <laughs> it or lose it, they yeah. say. Don't let secret, it, I think. Don't yeah, let it absolutely. beat you, Boyley. Don't let it beat you. Hey, yeah. Boyley, it was great watching you as a player. Also, it's really good to see when I go to some of the NRL games and see that you're still involved in the game. 
And um, thanks for joining us on Sports Day, mate, and a trip down memory lane. What was a, a great time for South Sydney in the 80s. Thanks, guys. I really appreciate it. It's good to share some memories. Epic has arrived. The Kia EV9, a groundbreaking all-electric large SUV. Captivating appearance with state-of-the-art design. World Gym Australia. Train for the sport you play. Building the next generation of legends. This is Sports Day. We'll be back in a moment. Epic has arrived. The Kia EV9, a groundbreaking all-electric large SUV. Captivating appearance with state-of-the-art design. World Gym Australia. Train for the sport you play. Building the next generation of legends. This is Sports Day. This is uh, fast becoming one of our uh, most popular songs here on Sports Day. I've just had a most the most massive sneezing fit in the studio. Again, okay, welcome to it. It's uh, Thursday night edition of Sports Day. Jason Matthews here. Uh, don't forget uh, for our SCN listeners tomorrow morning the. Um, Third day coverage of the third test of the SCG will be kicking off a little earlier. So live action uh, will kick off at 10 o'clock in Sydney. Uh, you can grab all that uh, via the SCN app or by your SCN station. So um, that is the third day of the third test. Of course, play was abandoned this afternoon. Uh, just on the text, Rooster Mars, Woogie Barry, long time ago, under 12s, cricket coach, used to take us for fish and chips each week. And if we won... If and when we won, sorry, when we won the comp undefeated, so plenty of fish and chips, happy days, and for winning the comp, our two coaches took us to Luna Park as a celebration. How good is that? A week later, the ghost train, tragic, yeah, actually. Has anyone seen that doco on Netflix that's going around? I started watching it. I don't know if I wanted to watch any more of it, but uh, yeah, we're talking about what did you have as a treat after a, a game of footy or after you played some sport? Um... Daniel from Prairie Woods been on the text. Woogie, growing up a Western Suburbs Magpie fan in the 90s, my dear old father would take me to every home game at Campbelltown, Campbelltown Sports Ground. Jeez, I used to go to Lickham over with my old man to see South and Western Suburbs. Win, lose or draw, most often losing. Dad would treat me to Hungry Jacks after the game on the way home where I would indulge in a large whopper with cheese meal, with fries, onion rings, and I'd, re- I'd replace the Coke with a chocolate chocolate. St- I do that, Maccas, every time I go through. I don't want to drink Coke. I want to drink a chockey shake. How good are they? It always tasted better after a rare Magpies win and soothe the hurt after a defeat. Yeah. I'd, I'd, I guess if I went back to not playing sport and, and watching sport, I used to grab a hot dog after... A South game at Redfern Oval. You know those hot dog stands they had outside there? Imagine having those now. Oh, my God. Uh, Scotty's enjoying the show without the boys away, uh, with the boys away. Sats and Rat um, with them away. Apparently, uh, I'm the talent. Thanks, Scotty. I'll slip you 50 bucks, mate. In the post, the cricket was a joke today. Why have, why have the option for lights if they won't use them? Well, they did. Apparently, Scotty, they did use them. I asked this question, actually. At some stage, though, I said, yeah, no, we have got the lights on. But, yeah, I- incredible. Are we trying to uh, – I don't know. If I was a conspiracy theorist, are we trying to ruin test cricket so we play more T20? Is that the thing? Because at the moment, apart from India, England and Australia, and, and maybe New Zealand, are we the only ones who give us stuff about test cricket? No one else seems to. Um Hi, Jason. I was quite the runner in the 90s after a win. My parents would get me a plain cheese pizza 
from Julio's in Dapto. Mr. Julio is now in his 80s, but he's but he's still there for a pizza on a Thursday night at the Dapto Dogs. That's Glen and Shell Harbour. How good's that? Never say no to a, a, a pizza. Glen at Sevo, go Wiggy, let him have it. Got to change the tradition. Oh, that's about... Yeah, one of the questions I threw out there today, and thanks for your text, Glenn, was do we need to continue playing a New Year's test in Sydney? Given the weather issues we have, should we relook at this and maybe move it? Um, I mean, weather's a hard thing to predict, right? But should we move it? What are your thoughts? 0457 736 736. Um, what were you doing on January 5 in 2012? Where were you? Obviously, New Year's test. And I saw some footage of this today, and it, and it reminded me. Have a listen. Leg stump, that'll do it. What a wonderful shot to bring it up on as well. What a moment for Michael Clark. Not just as a player, but as a captain here on his home ground. Yeah, January 5, 2012 is the day Michael Clark was unbeaten on 329 in the New Year's test against India. Um, now, apparently, and he's, in, he's batting right now, Fraser McGurk, the young renegades batsman who's setting the world on fire, still uses that knock as motivation today, telling Fox Cricket, I watch it before I go to bed. Are you serious? What, the whole innings? Or just the highlights? It was a good knock. Kids these days watch a lot of T20 cricket, but when I was a kid, I spent all day watching tests, then I would spend all afternoon and evening with my dad in the nets. Yeah. Was Michael Clark? Was Clarky? Is he an underrated Australian batting hero? Like, a, he was good. And and put aside the blonde hair, the Lara Bingle, all that sort of stuff. Is he underrated? I think he is. And 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 off the field and later in life and heading to Noosa with Carl and all that sort of stuff. Yeah, that doesn't look good. And you know, some would say, you know, that's. What do, you, what do you guys call me? A flog. That's floggy behaviour. But as a cricketer, I actually admired him as a captain as well. I mean, he had Warney on his side, didn't he? Warney loved him. Is Pup underestimated when we talk about the greats of Australian cricket? And his batting record you know, says it. He, he's, he's right up there. But is he underestimated? Does he get the, the, the kudos or the credit that he actually deserves, like the Ricky Ponnings get, like the Steve Wars get, like the Alan Borders get, like the Don Bradman? Well, no one's very hard to compare to Don Bradman. But of our later-day heroes, does he get the credit he deserves? Didn't he make 200 after the Phil Hughes um, funeral? Was that in Adelaide? Did he make 100 or 200 in Adelaide in that test match against India? I can't remember. Maybe you can help me out there as well. 0457 736 736 is our text number or 1300 01 1170. The Renegades are one for 24 after 5.1 overs. Fraser McGurk uh, is 10 not out and Quentin de Kock is 14 not out. More sports day on the way in a moment. Epic has arrived. The Kia EV9, a groundbreaking all-electric large SUV. Captivating appearance with state-of-the-art design. World Gym Australia. Train for the sport you play. Building the next generation of legends. This is Sports Day. We'll be back in a moment. There you have it. The highlights of day two 
of the third test between Australia and Pakistan at the SCG. That is SCN Cricket coverage again tomorrow morning from 9 o'clock Australian Eastern Standard Time, an hour later for people in Sydney. Uh, before we go to a break, some text messages here. Steve from Dubbo, I can't thank you enough for not putting me through the daily punish we all know is the last laugh. Here, here. Here, here. People have noticed an immense improvement in all areas of my life these last two weeks. It's no secret as to why you're Steve. Good call, mate. Very, very good call. Um, actually, I did... Oh, no, not yet. I so I did send it to Sats. I was just waiting for his uh, public response to that. So great to hear Robbo commentating on the cricket on SEN. Too good a cricket brain not to be calling the cricket. Cheers from Scott. Scott, I agree 100%, mate. Unbelievable. And his stories today about six and out and how he was on a drip in cans. Uh, and then they just walked him out of the hospital quarter nine, 15 minutes before the gig, <laughs> made him play. Uh, good stories. It's great insight. And how he got a drum kit from one of the members of In Excess. As if, for those who don't know, he's the drummer of six and out. So um, talking about uh, games when you're growing up after a 13-year-old boy in the U.S., has cracked Tetris. So I think a lot of people have given up on that, haven't they? But he's done it. Uh, Hyper Olympics and Pitfall were my two favourite games growing up. Tiger Davo plus, uh, did you hear Richo's interview this morning? Very impressive. Go the Tigers. No, I didn't. I didn't, unfortunately, but I've heard it's a very good chat, obviously, about uh, Luai heading to the West Tigers. I mean, the West Tigers are going... Um, they're going gangbusters. They're going in the right direction. And I don't know whether we're going to see much of an improvement this season, um, but definitely in 2025. Sorry, I've just got a text here um, from Sats. What's your, I wish. Ah, so this is, this is the last laugh Sats would have went with tonight. Genie. What's your first wish? Steve, who's found the Latin, says to the genie, I wish I was rich. The genie says, what's your second wish, rich? Yeah, you're right, Steve. Um, across all Australian sports, there is, there, is there a more loved and respected commentator than Brett Phillips? He's our number one crime scene. Yeah, we had him on earlier uh, talking about the tennis ahead of the Australian Open, which is, a, what, in a week and a bit. He's very good, BP. Knows his stuff. He's got high hopes for Demon or at the Australian Open, he told us today. Daniel from Prairie Wood. Volkman, who's the new signing uh, for the Dragons, was highly thought of and was in the Roosters system. He never played first grade at the club. Now, I thought he only, only played for the Warriors. He played five games at the Warriors and he played one game for Samoa. Research, Daddy. Research. Lift and get your Bronco, Broncos membership, you bum. Did you get your Broncos membership? Why didn't you get it? He didn't get it because Santa didn't come. So he's not a he's not a true Broncos supporter, is he? Good point, Daniel. What? Oh, you won't get it. He says he's got a few months. Uh, you're right about the Broncos not making the top four, Woogs. Only a major flog would think otherwise. They're not my words. Uh, evening, Jason. After a win at home, our coach would take us across the road to Hardy's. I think the local venue was closed due to... What? No. No. <laughs> Certain carcasses found the right... No. What memories? Sh cheers. St. Void. Oh. It started out. 
it started out as a good text and then it went downhill. Rightio, got to go to a break. We've only got a couple of minutes left. Uh, when we come back, we'll wrap up Sports Day for the week. Stick around. This is Sports Day. Epic has arrived. The Kia EV9, a groundbreaking all-electric large SUV. Captivating appearance with state-of-the-art design. World Gym Australia. Train for the sport you play. Building the next generation of legends. This is Sports Day. We'll be back in a moment. Epic has arrived. The Kia EV9, a groundbreaking all-electric large SUV. Captivating appearance with state-of-the-art design. World Gym Australia. Train for the sport you play. Building the next generation of legends. This is Sports Day. My goodness. Yes, 153 for four. 153 all out. If someone went round the corner for a dump and has come back, India have been bowled out for 153. Or a drink, or whatever they'd gone for. If they turned away from the game for a little bit. Uh, that, that is still my favourite piece of comedy I'll ever hear. That was last night, Ravi Shastri in commentary. This amazing South Africa versus India uh, game that's happening at the moment. I'll tell you what, South Africa, what are we, day two? We are day two of this test match. And, and Rooster Muzz has, has sent a ton of texts. He just loves that commentary. Still the best. He said he laughs every time he hears it. South Africa in the second innings, they made 55 in their first innings. Seven for 112. They lead by 14 runs with three wickets remaining. India, all out for 153. <laughs> they lost six for none. It's never happened in Test cricket before. They're, these guys have only just started day two of the, of the second Test. Can you believe this? This is going to be over within two days. Like This, this will be like a one-and-a-half-day test. Absolutely incredible, isn't it? Unbelievable. That's the latest from, from that game. Uh, the latest on the Renegades, 2 for 45 off 9.2. Cox is 2 not out. Fraser McGurk is still at the crease as well. Daniel from Prairie Woods been on the text again. We'll give you a question why the 10-day cooling-off period was brought back by the NRL last night. Uh, the Rugby League Players Association CEO, Clint Newton, cited it was raised and a part of the new CBA negotiations, which was aimed at to protect the off-contract players' current club with a final right of reply, which was not offered to the storm when Brandon Smith was shopping himself around down the east coast of Australia, despite Smith's manager giving the storm assurances they would have the chance to match any rival offers. I think it, yeah, okay. And also, and it's advanced on from that, Daniel. Thanks for that. That It also stops managers from overinflating the offers because they've got to lodge the offer, apparently, with the NRL. So there you have it. A quick community update before we go. Thanks to Firecoat. Be alert and prepared this bushfire season. There's still a fire burning in Yell... I get this wrong all the time, so I hope I get it right. Yellabum State Forest near Inglewood. I hope I've got that right. On the Queensland-New South Wales border, if you're in the surrounding areas, please avoid smoke by closing windows, doors, and stay inside. Stay up to date on all bushfire warnings online with New South Wales Rural Fire Service. Visit rfs.newsouthwales.gov.au. This community update is, is thanks to the new fire coat, the first paint proven to protect property in high-risk fire conditions. That's it. That's it for the week. Sports Day, back Monday night with myself. One more week of flying solo before Sats gets back. Um... What else is going to say? Oh, what a big day tomorrow's going to be. Third day of the third test at the SCG. Australia versus Pakistan. The Aussies, two for 116 when play was abandoned 
this afternoon. They're chasing 313. That's the first inning score of Pakistan. That game will start 30 minutes early tomorrow from 10 o'clock Australian Daylight Time. Make sure you listen via the SCN app. We'll catch you Monday night. See ya. Good night.